0: Hello, my friend. Welcome to another episode of Shining Through. We have a little bit of a different episode today, and I'm excited to share with you an interview I did with my good friend Camille. She asked me if I could be a guest speaker on her podcast, Choosing Love, where she helps women who are in a relationship with unwanted pornography use to find their self-compassion and choose love anyway. So here's a new perspective of the four stages of self-love. Hope you enjoy it. One of the main focuses that I talk about is the four stages of self-love. Because sometimes when we get so much awareness with the addiction recovery circles or in therapy and different things, we get stuck in some cycles that aren't so helpful. And the four stages of love help you grow out of being stuck in some of those cycles. And just seeing the progression of that self-awareness and how self-love grows with it can be really empowering to people. And so when we chatted about what might be useful for your audience, that immediately came to my mind because I know a lot of the women who have been in that space, they get stuck, especially in the third phase. But um, I just thought it would be good to go over those four phases today. So if you want, I can just jump right in and we can chat about that.
1: Yeah, that'd be great because I love that idea of just Really strengthening that connection that you have with yourself. I feel like that is really where you can find healing from trauma and the energy and the courage to be able to move forward. And like you mentioned earlier, like dig yourself out of that hole and just be able to open up to love and
0: letting more light and more joy into your life. I love that. Courage, light, joy, love like this is what we want in life, right? And we get stuck in these mindsets that make it so we can't find that. And that basic place where we, we don't even really have space for it, that's stage one, okay? Stage one is the neglect or the unaware phase. A lot of times you can just think of this as the toddlerhood of your emotion, right? You don't have a whole lot of depth. You don't have any self-awareness. You just kind of do whatever comes natural without thinking about the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in addiction cycles, they're in that neglect side of that. But a lot of the world is just unaware. They're not paying attention to themselves or what they need or care about or who they are as a person. They're just kind of going about life in an automatic way. And that's stage one. And there's not a whole lot of self-love there. If you're not aware of yourself or thinking about what you need, then it's just not there. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the absence of self-love phase. And then the next one is called stagnant awareness. and If we break down those words, what does stagnant mean? It means that you're not going anywhere, right? But awareness means that you have some understanding of what's going on. So stagnant awareness, you think about this phase where you're a little bit more in the teenager of your emotion, right? You're like, I am the type of person who's just like my mom, or I don't like math, or right? It's the I am blank phase. And you have a little bit of awareness of yourself. But you don't actually think that you can change. You think that that's just who you are. And when we have been a lot of times in abusive relationships or in neglectful relationships, we come out of the neglect phase to the stagnant awareness phase. Like, I didn't even know that I liked these things, right? I didn't even know that I hadn't been paying attention to myself for years. And Mm -hmm. we get the runaway bride. Yes. Yes. Right. And so we start getting this awareness and we're like, oh, I actually do like this. I do want to do that. Oh, but I don't like this part about me. It comes up too. Right. As we have the blinders come off, we start seeing more of who we are, but we don't like part of it and we do like part of it. And our self-love is equal to whether we like that part of us or not. Right. It kind of stagnant. You think of a body of water that doesn't go anywhere, starts getting gross. That's the second stage of self-love where you're not really moving and you only love yourself to the degree that you love what you think that you are. But then we mature a little and we start gaining some more awareness, some more tools. And we say, oh, well, if we don't like this, we could change. We can move forward and we can do something different. And we put boundaries down and we... Start doing self care, and we're like, look at this, I can be a better person. This is awesome. And we have all of this positive reinforcement for that forward movement. We love that we are changing. And that brings us to the third stage of self love conditional change that we are changing. But guess what happens when we start moving forward and having that increase in self love? We also start thinking we need to move forward and change. To be lovable. Mm, Wow, that's deep. Right? But that's what we do. And this is where most of us get stuck in the mental and emotional health world. We get all of these tools and all of this awareness, and we're like, yes, I know how to do this. This is awesome until we don't. And then Mm -hmm. what happens when we don't, when we eat that cookie or we binge that show or we do whatever it is that we keep telling ourselves we're not going to do? Or we sit on the couch and don't go in and exercise, right? Uh-huh. And then where's our level of self-love? We beat ourselves up. We're unkind to ourselves. It's very inflexible, right?
1: Now, Kristen Neff's book, the self-compassion book, the part where she's talking about your inner
0: self-critic, it's so loud. <laughs> it's so loud. Especially when we have so many beautiful things that we use as tools to whip ourselves with, essentially, right? All of these mental and emotional wellness words. We're like, we're not doing this right. We're not doing that right. We're being too controlling with our kids. Look, I just shamed my child. I wasn't holding my boundaries. I'm not being my word. All of these things that we are trying to have that honesty and accountability and the humility, but then we're human. And what do we do when we're human? In stage three, we drop the love. We don't have our own backs. That inner critic gets loud. And our love for ourselves is conditional on our change. That's why stage three is conditional change. And that is when we have the option to say, okay, we're going to stay there and keep just beating our head against a brick wall and getting bloody on the way. Or we can say, we don't have to chase the change for us to be lovable. What if we just choose self-love And then change because we want to, because it feels good to change, because moving forward is part of what our eternal soul wants to do. And we honor that and we move forward in love with love as the motivator for change, not what we're seeking at the other end of the change. And that stage four is unconditional love. That's when self-love actually shows up to the game. The rest of it is fleeting moments of self-love. But true self-love is when you have a practice of having a relationship with yourself that even if you mess up, you've got your own back. You're going to be kind to yourself along the way. And those are the four stages. Can you kind of see how we go through this as we increase our self-awareness and we're like, oh yeah, here's the type of person I am. Oh yeah, I can change. But do I really love myself even when I'm human?
1: yeah i love that and as you were talking about before and the progression of it it feels like each phase you do have a natural change yes but also with the idea is even if with some people or in some cases you're able to be in stage four but then there might be some cases where you're able where you're not yet to be in stage four and so you kind of revert back to stage three but again having that unconditional love for yourself of like, it's okay if I have some
0: conditional love for myself in this moment. Yes. Well, and I think we bounce back to all four stages. I mean, there's moments where I'm totally in neglect of myself and I have to come to and think I wasn't aware or having any love for myself in that moment. And then I give myself grace to then build back up to that fourth stage it is not constant. The goal is not to be robots. It's to have more awareness so we can catch ourselves faster. So we have less of the cleanup on the other end. Like that's really yeah. what it is. So I love that you said that we never arrive at any of the stages, but just the awareness of in this moment, I'm feeling frustrated with myself. I think that I'm being unkind to myself because I'm not seeing the change. What if me being unkind to myself is creating a negative emotion it's making me not being able to change. That's what's in my way of the change. It's what it's in the way of my self-love. And that's where I see so many women get stuck because we have a desire to change. We want to learn and grow and it progress, but we get in our own way when we're unkind to ourselves and we're chasing that love that I'm enough because I can do this thing. You're right. enough even without it.
1: Yeah, just making what we do the the proof of our value that's yes not a healthy place to be and if you are at that place it's fine you know it's part of the progression and then that's where the grace comes. be and as you're describing those things also in stage three it makes me think of perfectionism it seems
0: like that's where the perfectionism would at least mostly reside and it's easy to do that when you start learning all of these beautiful new ways of having a quote-unquote healthy lifestyle right We're like, well, this is the perfect way. They just opened your eyes to why your relationship with yourself, with your husband, with all the people have been so hard because I didn't have these tools. I didn't have this awareness. And Now I need to make all these changes. And we grab onto that as a way to make ourselves feel like we have a sense of control because our lives have been so out of control for so long when we've been in these addictive relationships, when we've been in these unhealthy places with our families, with our friends with our husbands, we see an alternative. And so we grasp onto the boundaries, we grasp on to the self-care, we grasp on to all of those tools that they're teaching us and make them the focus. But that isn't really the focus that gets in the way.
1: Yeah, I just had a kind of a visual A lot of my like college time, I kind of envisioned wanting to close a gap between what I know to do and what I actually do. I think that maybe in in stage three, that is where you're very aware of the gap,
0: where
1: you you have the awareness of what you can do, what you're not so good at, and you're trying to close the gap. And I realized at one point that there's always going to be that gap and there's supposed to be a gap. And so I believe that a lot and, you know, improved on that understanding. And then as you described phase four, it makes me think that maybe there isn't a gap at all. There doesn't need to be a gap or there, there's no need to feel like there's a gap. There's no other thing as the gap
0: because you are exactly as you're supposed to be. One of the visuals I love is to show people that they already have all that light and value and love within them. It's just that the beliefs and the experience of life has put layers on top of it. So it's not that we're trying to make ourselves become something we're not. It's just that we're taking off those beliefs and those layers to have more light shine through, to have more authenticity to what you already are eternally inside of you. That you have just practiced behavioral patterns that make it not aligned with who that person really is, who you really are. And I love that you're saying, we're not chasing some gap, right? It's that we're just becoming who we already were meant to be and embracing that. And sometimes, I'll be honest, it can feel like too much because there's this big energy inside me where when I tap into it, it gets scary sometimes of like, wait a minute. I can't hold this consistently and I'm just going to go back to that human thing. And it's not that I'm doing it even perfectly. It's just like the clear energy of just being present can take a lot of mindful energy, of physical energy, of just being present. It's like, whoa, that feels big and this is beautiful and clear and I feel connected, but this is big and I can't maintain that level all the time. And I think it's God giving us grace that we have that human peace to say, you don't have to hold that all the time. That's mine to hold. I'm going to let you be human. I'm going to fill in that gap. He is the one who fills in the gap, not us. Right?
1: Yeah. I love that. As I've done work to increase my own self-compassion, grace has played way bigger part than I ever really saw in that. It's okay for me to make mistakes it's okay for me to be human it's okay for me to even not think of it as a mistake for me to let myself just be and kind of let my mind go with just uh, letting myself believe what's possible i mean, letting myself believe that i am enough just as i am and me existing is beautiful just yes. the fact that i am here doing the things that I want and searching for what I want. And again, letting myself want. because I feel like as you become into what you want, that's more of who you are. And so that helps you shine through
0: like your podcast. <laughs> I love that because that, that awareness is key to the stages of self-love. You have to have awareness. That's like the first step up, right? To increase that awareness. And to be willing to see the change, like those two things are key to finding and building that self-love. But you have to give yourself the space to say it's not dependent on that. It's already there. I don't have to earn that love. I don't have to create it in my life with my actions. I just am lovable. And that doesn't change. And really, truly believing that is so hard. You have to practice every single day looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, God loves you right where you're at. Yeah. Especially when there are days where it's like, well, this time I really messed up. There was a moment where I had yelled at my kids. It was really intense. I was really frustrated about something. And I was supposed to be going to do a religious service that day. I was going to be going to our temple. And I was supposed to be in a place that was full of the spirit of the Lord and And receiving of His Spirit, and I was yelling at my children, right? And I was so mad at myself. And I had started learning all the coaching things, and I'm like, "You know better than this. You, you know that your thoughts create your feelings, and that's why you're yelling at your kids. You should have been more emotionally responsible." Which, I mean, you see it, right? Like being mean to yourself is totally not helpful. But (laughs) I, in that moment, I was stuck in that, right? And I was being mean to myself, and I was driving and I had this woman send me a message. And I had put out there that I needed something on our neighborhood app. One of my kids had phased up and I just Mm. had put out there, hey, if anybody has anything extra, we'd really love this right now. And they reached out to me as I was driving to the temple. And I had a couple extra minutes because my husband had kicked me out early because I was being mean to my children. (laughs) And I looked at the message and it was on the way. So I stopped by and she opens the door and she said, Yeah, some random people gave my husband this bag of clothes at work. I don't have any kids this age, and my grandkids are all babies. And so I don't know why, but then I saw your message and I was like, Oh, I know why God wanted them for her. And just know that God was mindful of you today. Here's this bag of clothes. And I bawled all the way to the temple. I was like, I just yelled at my kids right before the temple. And you still showed up for me. You still showed me in that moment that you loved me and cared about me, even when I was at one of my lower moments. And it stuck with me, one of those sticky moments that you know that you're lovable, because God just does. He knows how to tell you when you feel like you're two inches tall, that he still loves you.
1: I love that so much. It made me think that In times when I struggle to love myself, it's really hard for me to go to just, oh, I love myself. Mm -hmm. Knowing that there's someone out there who does and that there is someone out there who loves me, Mm -hmm. even if they didn't know everything about me, they would still have a complete love. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I can hold on to, especially when I'm feeling dark, having a hard time getting out of the darkness. Like there is someone out there who loves me completely, unconditional, like Those things for. It's so, so
0: cool. I love that story. Well, and that really grows your relationship with God too, right? That when we start practicing trying to get to that stage four of saying, I'm going to choose love right now, even though I don't feel lovable, even though I dropped the ball, that opens us up to understand God's unconditional love too. They go hand in hand. It's a little chicken of the egg problem right here, but if you really believe God loves you, then you have more unconditional love for yourself and if you really have unconditional love for yourself you have more space to receive his eternal perfect love and yes he wants you to learn and grow he wants you to move forward but he's always going to love you and meet you where you're at even when you don't so you are becoming like him when you treat yourself that way and that's what the whole goal is anyway is to become like him right so if we're treating ourselves the way that he would treat us we're becoming like Him.
1: No. I love that so much. And then as we practice loving ourselves, regardless of our behaviors, Mm -hmm. I feel like that skill is so helpful when we choose to love, especially those who are being nasty, where sometimes it's so easy to identify them as a bad person Mm -hmm. and have that negative hold on you. But being able to separate your mistakes and your love for yourself can help you separate more love than them and their mistake,
0: Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that for us or for them that we're going to sit in indulgent behavior. Or that we approve of the behavior. Yes. That's the difference, right? We're showing love and kindness and compassion and clarity. It's like forgiveness does not mean trust. Love does not also mean indulgence or enabling. You can do both. It's an and here. It's I can build my trust and I can forgive. I can share my love and I can share how I feel and what's honestly on my heart. But I'm not going to sit around and wait for you to change for me to offer love. Yeah, because as I offer love, really, I am benefiting me.
1: Because yes. I'm the one that gets to experience that light. And yes. you can be a little bit scared and still experience that love and still choose love. Yes. Why I felt so strongly and so passionate about calling my podcast Choosing Love. It's a choice and it's intentional. And once we can intentionally choose love, then
0: we have brightness and we have light always there. Wasn't that great? Camille had so many good things to say, and I am so grateful for the work that she is doing helping women cultivate self-love even when they're in relationships with unwanted pornography use. So check out the link in the show notes to her podcast, Choosing Love, to listen to the rest of our interview, and also hear some of the amazing resources that she is sharing with the women of the world. I hope that this episode gave you a little bit more space to love others and love yourself as you move forward on the healing journey. Keep shining, my friends. Have a blessed day. Healing is possible. If you feel stuck on your healing journey, you do not have to stay there. I've created an empowering quiz that helps you know exactly why you're stuck, what phase you're at in your healing journey, and gives you three simple things you can do right now to help you move forward. All you have to do is go to thelightcoach.com slash quiz and take this free five-minute quiz. I promise it will help you move forward and create that life of peace, hope, courage, and joy that you want to live. It simply starts by taking a quiz and seeing what's possible. I can't wait to see what you create next.